Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London with me, Lou Newton and me, Cara Bentley. On today's episode, why did America prevent the UN from approving a ceasefire between Israel and Gaza? Countries such as Turkey and China have criticised America for not voting for a ceasefire in Israel and Gaza at a UN vote on Friday. These are the words of Zhang Jun, China's permanent representative to the United Nations. I'd like to point out that while letting the war last, it's self-contradictory to claim you care about Gazans' life, safety and humanitarian needs. It's self-deceptive to advocate the prevention of conflict spillover, and it's extremely hypocritical to keep talking about the protection of women, children and human rights. All these, once again, show us what double standards are. Now, the US just did not vote, as the UK did. They abstained. They vetoed it. Now, the US, alongside the UK, France, Russia and China, as the five permanent members of the Security Council, they have the power to completely stop a vote being approved if one of them vetoes it. This is the Deputy US Ambassador to the UN, Robert Wood, explaining their decision. And any ceasefire that leaves Hamas in control of Gaza would deny Palestinian civilians the chance to build something better for themselves. For that reason, although the United States strongly supports a durable peace in which both Israelis and Palestinians can live in peace and security, we do not support this resolution's call for an unsustainable ceasefire that will only plant the seeds for the next war. So there are 15 representatives on the UN Member Council. The other 13 back the call for a ceasefire. Turkey has said America is alone in its opposition. The Palestinian ambassador to the UN, Riyad Mansour, explained his sadness. In a span of less than one day, we tried everything possible, but unfortunately, today was a sad day in the history of the Security Council for those who were unable to see things as they should have seen it and they saw it differently. We will not give up. We will continue our efforts. We will continue knocking on the door of the Security Council until it wakes up and shoulder its responsibility by stopping this criminal war 
against the Palestinian people, particularly the children among us who are the best among us. So why, if everyone presumably wants peace, did the US veto the ceasefire? The Times' Richard Spencer is in Israel and explained to The World in 10. Israel depends entirely on America for... Not um, entirely on America. It depends very strongly on America for um, both military support and uh, moral support mm-hmm. in its uh, in this war and indeed in its uh, positioning in the world generally and its relationship with the Middle East. So I think uh, any suggestion that America was uh, not behind them would have been devastating for Israel at a psychological level. Um, it would be very hard to uh, for America to uh, um, uh, vote for a ceasefire, see Israel take no notice of that and uh, continue to provide arms and so on uh, to Israel. So I think that that would have been the significant thing, uh, really. Um, a, a UN resolution uh, has a great weight. Um, it's there, They are indeed often ignored, it has to be said. But as Richard explains, America is urging for an end to the fighting. Biden's positioning is subtle and is shifting. And uh, we saw this week um, the Biden administration say very strongly to Israel, you have a you have a month more to do this war uh, and then you have to stop. So, um, uh, you know, these things all play together in a sort of subtle, in a sort of, you know, geopolitical dance uh, and and that's 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 what it's leading towards which is a uh, Israel trying to finish the grand war in uh, in by early january um the the current their estimate is it would probably take until the end of january america would like to see it stop sooner than that uh, but that's that's how it's all kind of you know playing out Barbara Woodward, the UK's ambassador to the body said britain abstained because there was no condemnation of hamas Russia's economy is looking stronger than expected, despite the sanctions imposed when Putin began his invasion of Ukraine. Pretty soon after Russian troops went into Ukraine in February last year, the US, the UK, the EU and many others announced heavy sanctions on Russia. They were focused on oil, gas and coal exports. They're the lifeblood of the Russian economy. And it was expected to cripple the economy, which would force Putin to withdraw from Ukraine. But it doesn't seem to have had the large-scale impact that it was hoped for, because now the average Russian income is up and the country's GDP has grown by 2%. James Wilne is a partner at the law firm Reed Smith, who advises on sanction-related issues. And he says the enforcement of sanctions has become more lax, as Russia has managed to find other avenues of revenue. A large part of these sanctions were brought in earlier this year, so January time. So you see a marked drop-off in terms of export revenues from oil in the in the first quarter of 2023, quite significant because that's when the sanctions came into force and obviously people took them very seriously. It's, it's quite interesting because the revenues from Russia have then increased and they find other trading partners, they find other avenues to, to move their products. Uh, that's, that's just the, the commercial world we live in. And I think to be fair to the to the regulators, and when I say the regulators, I mean the, the OFACs of this world, obviously in the UK and the EU itself, they are stepping up enforcement in the last two to three months. If we'd had this conversation in July or August, I'd have said to you, look, people are abusing the system, people are finding loopholes and the regulators aren't doing anything about it. We are seeing that firsthand. In the last two months, the regulators have really stepped up the enforcement. 
Now, whether regulators firm up or not, Putin's campaign for re-election is likely to dine out on this news of economic prosperity. The Russian president announced on Friday that he would run again, and if he wins, it could keep him in power until 2030, maybe longer. Now, the president of World Athletics, Lord Coe, has said he won't change his stance on banning Russian and Belarusian athletes completely from the Paris Olympics next year. On Friday, it was announced that in other events, Russian and Belarusian athletes would be allowed to compete as neutrals with no national anthem nor flags. But Sebastian Coe, the former Olympic runner and politician, said, we have a fixed position and that position hasn't altered. Adele has said she's moving to LA for two reasons. Firstly, because she has seasonal affective disorder, a form of depression that comes on in the winter. And secondly, so she can avoid the British press. And interestingly, she's made the same point that both the Beckhams and Robbie Williams made in their recent documentaries, which is that there are so many famous people in LA that famous British people are nowhere near as famous as the American celebrities who are already there. Meaning, in Adele's words, the media don't waste their time with her, though I don't think Adele's a waste of time. I love her. That's it from us today, but on tomorrow's podcast, hear about how extremism is making people in Europe nervous about the Christmas break. Here's a sneak preview from The Times' contributor in Brussels, Jack Parrock. Yes, we had a really interesting... Uh, released basically by the Home Affairs Commissioner of the European Union, who's called Ilva Johansson. And she said there's a huge risk of terror attacks over the Christmas holiday period. She especially talked about the war between Israel and Hamas and the polarisation it causes in our society, she said, and said that there's a real elevated risk of terror attacks taking place as people head to Christmas markets, as people collect for their Christmas holidays, And it's a real worry for the European Union. And there'll be more on that in tomorrow's episode. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow. Hold up. 